Shkalim Perik Beis, Mishnah Beis 2-2. This is a fantastic Mishnah, but it deals with a number of different topics that you may be not so familiar with and also is fairly conceptual, so you got to pay a little extra attention. The basic series of topics that the Mishnah addresses revolve around the question of what happens when you use a coin which already is invested with some level of Kedusha, and then you use that coin to pay for your machs shekel obligation. So we'll have a few different topics here. Um, the first cases are revolving around the question of me'ila. Now me'ila, um, which means the misappropriation of sanctified things, is a prohibition from the Torah all to itself. Um, it's worse than just generic theft, because you're misappropriating God's property, so to speak, and it carries with it a more severe penalty than generic theft. If you have an object which has been consecrated and invested with sanctity um, that it's been given out to the base of Mikdash, either as bedek bias for the upkeep of the temple, or um, even more stringently if it's to purchase um, like an animal sacrifice with, etc. So if one makes personal use of such an item or such money, uh, which would mean either he just, you know, a person commits this cup to be a contribution to the base English, and then someone drinks out of the cup, or a person commits this cow to go to the base English as a Corbin, and a person gets a piggyback ride on the back of the cow. So by getting benefit from these things, that's called me'ila. Um, and similarly, if you just um, use this sanctified money or object um, and put it to sort of secular purposes, let's say you re- repay a debt with it, so that would also be me'ila. And in such a scenario, so if one commits an act of me'ila b'shogeg, not realizing what he's doing, so then the consequences are he has to refund the basic English with something new or return the money or whatever the story is, plus add a chomesh, um, which means that for every four units of value, he has to add a fifth unit. So if I ate the basic English's hectic bagel and it cost four shekels, I have to return... Um, a total of five shekels of value to the base of Mikdash. That's called the Chomesh. Um, and in addition, there's an obligation to bring a korban, a special korban called the Asham Me'ilos, the guilt offering that comes for doing Me'ila, um, which is a separate requirement all to itself. If one actually did it intentionally, knowing for well what he's doing and did act of Me'ila, so then there's no possibility to bring a Chomesh, which would affect you know some sort of atonement for him, uh, nor is there an offering to be brought. Instead, he just gets Malchus lashes like most um, love in the Torah, most prohibitions in the Torah carry the penalty of, of lashes. Um, and of course, he has to make compensation if he ate the bagel and it cost four shekels, he'd have to give four shekels back to the base of Mikdash as well. So, our question of our mission is um, revolving around the, when Me'ila applies, if you're using coins that have invested Kadush with them for your own purposes. Now, if a coin were consecrated as the Machsa shekel, that invest with Kedusha. And if it's invested as such, if someone else makes use of that money, for sure that's Me'ila. If he uses it to pay a debt, he uses it to buy himself an ice cream cone. In both those cases, he is doing a transgression of Me'ila. The first case of our Mishnah, however, is where Hanosen Shiklo Lechavero Lishkol Al Yado, where Mr. A gives Mr. B a coin, and he says, listen, Mr. B, I'm going on vacation. When they come around collecting the Machsa Shekel, do me a favor, Here's a coin, give it in for me. 
And the scenario was specifically where Mr. A did not invest Kadush. He didn't call this a machsa shekel. He didn't invest with sanctity now. He gave a generic coin and said, pay my obligations with it, which means his intention essentially is that it isn't invested with Kadusha until such time as it's the coin is included with the rest of the coins um, that are being used to purchase the Karbonos Tibor, as is done with Machsa Shekel. So the question is now, Mr. B uses that very coin to pay his own Machsa Shekel obligation with, meaning he just is a cheapskate and wants, you know, he's using his buddy's money to pay for his obligations. So, the question is, when does an act of me'ila happen? So the Mishnah says, imnitrama truma, if and if the first sampling of coins had been taken from the coins collected thus far, and with it they're used to purchase an animal which we offered as a, a korban, like a tamid shashach or whatever it is, so if that's happened, so then the coin which was given originally just as a generic coin from Mr. A to Mr. B now becomes a coin which is part of the coins of the Machs Shekel coins, invest them with Kedusha. So if that's already happened, if the, so it says here, im um, truma, if the first coins have already been taken from the pile, so that invests all the coins that have been given wherever they are, whether they're the coins that are included of those that are taken from the, the box where the coins are, or the coins that are still left in the box that weren't collected in, in the first handful, or if they're in, they're on the way to the basement, which is the case of our scenario, all the coins that have been contributed now are considered to be machsa shekels, and everyone's participating, at least conceptually, equally um, in the purchase, you know, in the money that's being used to purchase these animals. So once that sampling is taken, so then the coin that was given wherever it is is invested with Kedusha, and if, that, if subsequent to that event... Mr. B uses this coin, which is now invested with the Kedusha of, of Machsa Shekel, he uses it to pay for his own obligation, so then, of the Machsa Shekel, he will be doing an act of Me'ila. Meaning, if he gave the coin on his, you know, to pay his dues prior to Nitrima Truma, so then what he gave wasn't he invested with Kedusha, and if that's the case, so then he will not be doing an act of Me'ila. Now, in terms of the acts of me'ila, um, normally if you do a mitzvah or something, it's not considered to be being mo'el with it because you're not, well, it is inappropriate, it's not using it for your own personal benefits. We pask in mitzvahs love lehenos nitnu. Mitzvahs aren't there to give you personal benefit. So if you use a, a consecrated item for your mitzvah purposes, although it's not right, it's not technically me'ila. But here, it's worse than that because this guy is actually saving himself um, having his money taken from him, and we saw they actually would confiscate Mamashkin and also. So he saved himself that confiscation, so he's saving his money, so he's getting a direct benefit uh, as such. And therefore, if the coin that he had already was invested with Kadusha, again, I'm repeating myself, either because not the case of our Mishnah, where the person, Mr. A, gave it to Mr. B and had already invested with the Kadusha, or alternatively, the case, yes, of our Mishnah, where he gave it, Mr. A gave that coin without investing it with Kadusha yet, but since it's on its way to the base of Mikdash, when the base of Mikdash takes the first sampling of coins to purchase Karbona subsequently, so at that point, it invests all the coins that have been contributed, even the one sitting in Mr. B's hand from Mr. A waiting to be contributed, and with the status of Machsa Shekel. And now, since it's invested with Kadusha, if Mr. B uses it to pay his, to get himself, preventing, preventing himself from having stuff confiscated from him, he will be doing an act of Meila, and he'll have to bring his Korban, etc. 
Okay, that's the first case of the Mishnah. The second case of the Mishnah is a little different. It's where there's no Mr. B here. Mr. A set aside money and invested with sanctity, but the money set aside was for, let's say, Bede Kabayas, for the upkeep of the base of Mikdash. So it's invested with Kedusha, but not the Kedusha of Machsa Shekel. It's a different Kedusha. So you're not allowed to, you're not supposed to use something with, you know, one type of sanctity for a different purpose. But it won't be considered to be an act of me'ila, the formal act of me'ila for where there's, you know, carbon required, etc., unless some specific act is done which affects a misappropriation, a misusage of this coin which was designated, say, for Bedeca bias. So I think this is very abstract and maybe not so... I'm going to give it a, a, a metaphor which is more familiar to people. The second you... On, if, you're, if it's Shabbos... The moment you put some dough in an oven to start cooking, you've done the wrong thing. On Shabbos, you're not allowed to do that. The second you throw a ball in the Rosh Hashanah, you've done a wrong thing. You can't do that on Shabbos. But you're not yet liable for a, a chatas when it comes to Hilchah Shabbos. You break Shabbos inadvertently, so the obligation is a chatas. When it comes to Mila, it's a, it's a ashram, but same thing. Similar thing. So even though you've done the wrong thing, you won't be on the hook for the chatas until the bread bakes or until the ball stops moving and you have the hanach of the ball. Until then, you're off the, you're not, you've done the wrong thing. You've, like in spirit, broken Shabbos, but there's a technical line that has to be crossed before the, the act of culpability, the actual moment of chil Shabbos occurs. In the case of bread, it's when it starts to get crusted. And the, before that, and only then, when it crusts, at that point, do you become obligated in having done a proper actual act of Chil Shabbos, for which you're liable to chatas. You're not liable for the ball that you throw in the Rosh Hashanah until it comes to, till there's the Hanacha, it comes to rest. And at that point, you've done the full act of Chil Shabbos to the point that you're liable for a chatas. So, so too, there's a certain line that has to be crossed in the misusage, the misappropriation of a coin which has been invested with Bedek Abayas Kedusha, let's say, um, that it has to be misused in a way that crosses a definitive line before you'll be obligated in the crime of Meila, for which you have to give a Chathas, etc. Excuse me, uh, excuse me, an Asha Meilas. So the line, that's cr- the, the line is crossed in this case when an animal is, when money is taken from the chest, some monies are taken, and used to purchase an animal, and that offer, animal is offered as a carbon. It's the offering of the carbon, meaning the splashing of the blood, the application of the blood to the Mizbeach, that is an act which now is um, like the formal act which effects the obligation of transgression of Mila, analogous to the stopping of the moon to the bowl or the crusting of the bread. So that's the case of our mission over here, where you have Hashokel Shiklo Mimaos Hektesh. A person gave his Machsa Shekel from a, a coin that was already designated as, let's say, Berek Abayas, designated with Kedusha for the upkeep of the temple, not for the purchase of communal korbanos, as the case of the Machsa Shekel. So, when will one be obligated? When will one have transgressed Mila and have to give, let's say, a korban, etc.? Im nitrama truma, when the subsequent to the giving of that half shekel, which was already had kadusha with it, when that is 
um, the coins are now sampled. After that, when after that, coins are taken, some sample coins are taken from the chest, and ukarva habehema, and an animal which is purchased from those funds is offered, meaning the blood is applied to the mizbeach, the altar. At that point, ma'al. That's when the obligation of me'ila kicks in, and that's when we'll have to bring now korban, etc. Prior to that, he's done the wrong thing, but but it's it's not a past the point of no return. You could you could back out of it some, hypothetically, the same way if the bread is taken out of the oven before it crusts, you do the wrong thing, but you haven't reached the point of no return, and you don't have the obligation of chelus shabbos. And same goes with the ball, whatever the case. Of the ball it doesn't come to rest four arms away from you, whatever the story is, or whatever. So then again, you won't have crossed the line. So so too, if hypothetically you can get that coin back, um, so then you wouldn't yet be liable for meila. So that's the point of our mission over here, that the moment that effects the me'ila of the a formal misusage of the coin which is invested with Kedusha type A, Bedekabais, let's say, to Kedusha type B, Machsa Shekel for Kobano Sibur, is the offering of an animal's blood that was purchased with those the monies that were contributed by Glyceral in the Machsa Shekel. Good. I hope that's good. Now, um, uh, oh, let me give you a nafkamina to illustrate this point. One important nafkamina. One important um, difference. So, so one is only obligated to. You can. I said you can do meila and not necessarily be obligated in bringing a korban. The asham offering is only the guilt offering is only applicable to one who transgressed meila b'shogeg, not knowing what he had done. So, if, for example, the same way, if after I throw the ball. In midair on Shabbos, I remember, oh my goodness, it's Shabbos, I should have never done that. So when the ball comes to land, Chil Shabbos will have happened, but I won't bring a Korban Chatas for my breaking Shabbos because I didn't do the whole act in an act of Shkaga. I knew what was happening before the end, before it came to rest. Same goes with the bread in the oven. Um, if I realize what's happened before it's before it's fully crusted over, so I won't bring a Chatas because the whole thing wasn't done in Shkaga. So to over here, if I realized the coin I gave as the Machsa Shekel was a coin that I had pre-designated with Kedusha of Bedeka Bias, let's say. So then, if it's too late, they can't get it back, and, and they end up, you know, later on, they end up, you know, purchasing an animal and offering it. So since by the time the animal was offered, I really was aware of what happened, I will have done an act of Me'ila, but I won't be on the hook for bringing a Korban because I did, the whole thing wasn't done in the state of a Shogeg. Okay. One more case, or like, you know, one more, two, one, two more cases, um, the mission wraps up. We're now talking about coins that actually haven't got, they have some Kedusha, not Kedusha that is um, subject to the rules of of Me'ila, because it's not dedicated to like the base of Mikdash and God, so to speak, but it's invested with some kind of Kedusha. The two kinds of Kedusha we're dealing here with here are Kedusha's Meister Shani and Kedusha's Shvius. I'll explain both. And the rules are basically the same for both of them. So the idea is, let's talk about Meister Shani first. Um, Meister Shani is, uh, in years 1, 2, 4, and 5 of the seven-year Shemitah cycle, you're supposed to take a second tithe, the year produce, and bring that food up to, to, to Yerushalayim and eat it in Yerushalayim. That's the idea of Meister Shani in a nutshell. If you don't want to schlep up all that food to Yerushalayim, you have a plan B. Your plan B is to redeem the Kedushas Meister Shani, take that Meister Shani status off of the food and put it onto a coin and then take the coin to Yerushalayim and use that coin to purchase foodstuffs in Yerushalayim. 
Now, the coin can only be used for foodstuffs and similar um, for Meister Shaney. The general rule, therefore, is, like across the board, is that if you have an obligation, you can't use any coin other than a generic, unconsecrated coin. That means, if you have a coin which was designated as Meister Shaney coin, you're not allowed to use it to pay your Machse Shekel bill. Not allowed. And if you do, if you take a coin which is invested with Kedushas Meister Shaney and you you use it for your Machse Shekel, you've done a no-no. Um, and actually, you've done a no-no for two separate reasons. The first reason is because that money has to be used to purchase foodstuffs. And although the actual truth is the ideal purpose, the ideal usage of Meister Shaney money is to buy Karbonos those are karbonos that are personal shlamim, privately owned peace offerings, which will be eaten by the person who brings it and his friends. That's great. But the karbonos tzibor that are used with the machsa shekel, the purchase for the machsa shekel money, are, are to me then are olos, they're burnt offerings that no one's eating. And that being the case, it's a forbidden use of Meister Shani money. Uh, that's one reason why it's a no-no. The second reason why it's a no-no is because you're not supposed to use you're supposed to give free and clear money that has long invested with Kedusha um, for your Machsa Shekel obligation. So you do the wrong thing. So if you do that, while you've done the wrong thing, you can still pick up the pieces and repair things by redeeming the Kedusha off of the Machsa coin wherever it is, and then putting on that Kedusha onto a new coin, and then taking that coin up to Yerushalayim to eat with, to purchase foodstuffs and eat in Yerushalayim. And that's what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah gives the second case where the Dinam are basically the exact same, which talk, we're talking now about a coin with Kedusha Shvius, Shemitah Kedusha. When it comes to the seventh year Shemitah, you're not supposed to do commercial activities with the produce from the land. There are, however, certain scenarios where you're allowed to sell food that has Shemitah Kedusha in it. Once the, if the food has Shemitah Kedusha, it has the sanctity of the seventh year, you can't do commercial things with it, you can't waste it and so on. So, but let's say you have leftovers that you don't want them to go to waste um, and you you could sell them to somebody else. So the money that is used to purchase that Shemitah food is invested with Kedusha Shvias. It now has sanctity. The money has sanctity and you're supposed to use it to purchase other foodstuff and eat those foodstuffs also with the same strictures that you eat other foodstuffs that have Kedusha Shvias. So that's Kedusha Shvias. The money itself does. Now, It'll also be subject to the laws of beer and so on. Okay, so the money's got a certain sanctity. If you use such a coin that's invested with Kedusha Shvias to pay your, for your Machsa Shekel, again, you've done a wrong thing. It's a no-no. The same two wrong things as before. First of all, you're supposed to use free and clear money for paying your Machsa Shekel. And second of all, it's supposed to purchase foodstuffs that are eaten by Kedusha of Shvias. And here it's being used to purchase Carbonos that won't be eaten with the strictures of Shvias. So you've done a wrong thing there too. So the same solution that applies to the Kedusha Shvias will apply to the Meister Shani money. You basically redeem the Kedusha off the coin onto a new coin and then use the new coin to purchase food which you'll eat either as Meister Shani or as, as a Shemitah as appropriate. And that's what the Mishnah says here. The Mishnah says, Midimei Meister Shani, if you use Meister Shani money or Midimei Shvias or you use Shvias, Shemitah money, like I described before, to pay your machsa shekel, yochal kenegdon, you must eat an equal value um, parallel to the money you gave. Meaning, 
you gave a ten. You gave a, sorry. You gave a, a machsa shekel. It's a shekel coin that had Meister Shani on it, for example. So then kedusha on it. So then you'll deconsecrate it by making a formal declaration. You're going to say, you know, the coin that had the the Meister Shani coin wherever it is that I gave as the machsa shekel should be deconsecrated um, onto this particular coin in front of me now. And that will actually be effective. So now the coin in front of you now gets the white shiny kedusha, and the coin you gave previously now has been cleaned up. You've solved the problems. Um, the same for the kedushas shvius. Um, there is a general rule that you're not, under normal circumstances, a person is not able to either um, consecrate or deconsecrate things that are not, not in his possession. And this coin is not in his possession. It's moved on to the base of English somewhere. Who knows where it is? Um, but in this case, you, it is effective in deconsecrating it because the base of English itself is just as happy as you to deconsecrate the coin. They don't really want this coin that has Kedushas Shviyas or Kedushas Meser Shani, um, so they're really happy for you to have it back. Obviously, you can't, they can't give it back to you directly, but they have no objection to you deconsecrating their coin, and therefore your act of deconsecration is indeed effective.